Well, this is Studio B Live. Thanks for tuning in today, friend. Good to have you along with me. I'm your host, David Burns, and my wife, Sherry. We produce Long Lane Honeybee Farm Studio B Live right here in central Illinois at our bee farm. It's a, bro- it's a broadcast, a podcast to entertain you and to educate you and to excite you about being a beekeeper and the joy it is in helping our honeybee population increase. We need our bees so badly. Hey, and by the way, it's interesting that Sesame Street is now producing a new, uh, I guess, a new season of, of broadcast. Started uh, this week. Today's Thursday, and on today's broadcast, we were really pleasantly surprised that Sesame Street uh, actually focused on the honeybee today. I didn't know that was coming out. I didn't really hear anything on the forums, uh, on the internet about that. But just by watching it, we have a two-year-old that loves Elmo and watch and loves watching Sesame Street. And uh, well, take a listen. They have a little pre. Uh, program that they show before Sesame Street. It's called The Word on the Street. And uh, the character Murray talks about what Sesame Street is going to be focusing on today. And take a listen to this. I'm Murray from Sesame Street, and I'm looking for The Word on the Street. What's The Word on the Street? Pollinate. What does The Word Pollinate It is when bees take pollen from flowers and give them to other flowers. And what is he doing that? The pollen makes another a new plant, a flower. So that way they can keep on producing and make more flowers. So bees are really helpful. Totally helpful. Keep listening for the word pollinate today on Sesame Street. Honey, that's the word on the street. Keep pollinating, little bee. Ah, that's pretty cool, isn't it? So, uh, I don't know if you're a Sesame Street fan or if you uh, maybe recorded it for Thursday. Take a look at that because it is interesting what they say about honeybees. I think they did a super job on the on the show today. In fact, listen to this part where one of the little puppets has a, a fear of bees. Take a listen. What's the matter? Don't move. What? Don't move. Don't move. Why? Help. Hey, baby bear. What's wrong, little buddy? It was a bee. Don't move. Don't move. Baby bear, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, there's nothing to be afraid of. I don't want it to sting me. Baby bear, that bee's not interested in you. See, it's checking out the flower. And it's gone. There it goes. Oh, my wee little palpitating heart. Baby bear, I didn't know you were afraid of bees. Are you kidding? They terrify me. when they're in danger to protect themselves. If you leave bees alone, they usually leave you alone. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've heard all the usual bee propaganda before. Look, I wish I weren't afraid of bees, but I am, okay? Oh, well, maybe I can grab that wish. Huh? Well, maybe I can do a magic... (laughs) Well, that gives you a little idea about uh, the broadcast and how you talk about bees, and you'll just have to watch it yourself, Uh, but it's always good when bees get a little publicity, especially 
something like Sesame Street is talking to little kids and uh, informing them not to be afraid of bees and how much we do need our honeybees. So hats off to Sesame Street for talking about bees. So Sherry, what would you think about the Sesame Street uh, broadcast on honeybees? It's good to get some exposure on honeybees, <laughs> something like that, even with little kids. Even with it? little kids. Well, he did start out talking about how he was scared of those bees and how they're going to sting him. So I guess they did a, you know, a good job letting yeah. people know that. Well, you know, I, I guess that's that's one of the things we're talking about actually this weekend at the um, class that we're doing. That one of the first things people say when they wonder if they can be beekeepers is always, "Well, what if I get stung, or what if somebody else gets stung?" Or mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's the one that that's a big thing that keeps people from actually going into beekeeping. So I think so. That's how that little that's how that little segment got started. I think they're doing a whole year on. You know, going green and yeah, that sort yeah. of stuff. That's good. Anytime I see bees getting publicity, I think it's a good thing. <laughs> and uh, some people are scared of bees. Uh, and a lot of people say they're allergic to bees no matter what because one time they got stung and it hurt and it, and it turned red. So now they're deadly allergic to them, you know. But well, and, and we've heard doctors who've actually said that too, and it's just yeah, not true. Everybody, you know gets red and itchy and swells up and mm-hmm. that's just life. <laughs> you know, I, I uh, helped your dad get started beekeeping and uh, he kind of just started helping me out but then he got into it, you know, and and uh, he gets stung going out there. Your dad wears short pants, you know, and uh, he doesn't practice some of the traditional ways of beekeeping but <laughs> he uh, he swells up, you know, and he go, he went to the doctor one time. Remember that? And, he, and his doctor said, wow, look at your arm or whatever. It was swollen, you know. And the doctor said, you need to be careful because you're probably allergic to bees. So he gave him some little medicine. What well, was I think he told him to take Claritin yeah. or Benadryl or something before he even goes yeah, out right. in the bee yard. But I don't, yeah. I don't know if he said that it even helped that much. Yeah. So anyway, that's good. You know, uh, talking about another beekeeper, too, um, I got a call the other day from, I won't say his name, but uh, he called me a beekeeper near us, and he said, David, I think I might have American fowl brood. And American fowl brood is, uh, in Illinois, there's no treatment, there's nothing you can do. It's one of the deadly brood diseases that when you get it, you just have to burn your entire hive box and all. So um, he said, can you come over and look? You know, it it looks kind of... He, he, he recited the traditional uh, symptoms. You know, greasy brood, perforated brood. Um, so I said, okay. So he got off work. I went over there. And he pulled a frame out to show it to me. And I was thinking the worst. I was going to do the little toothpick test where you poke the toothpick down into the, <coughs> um, to the larva. You know, and then you pull it out. And if it's if it follows you like a rope, then it's American fowl brood. Well, as soon as I saw that, I said, "Wow, this isn't a problem at all." He's like, "It's not, but look at it." And I said, "You don't know what you're looking at, do you?" And I said, "This is bee bread." And I could see where he might have thought, you know, it was looked damp. He said, "But bee bee bread is when bees take." Um, pollen and and nectar mix it together 
and kind of make this soupy little mix of pollen and nectar together. We call it bee bread. But he thought, I, I told him, I said, it's not brewed at all. But we went ahead and checked some brood out, and his brood was fine. He was so relieved that he wasn't going to have to burn that high. And Sherry, this, you know, things aren't always as they appear. <laughs> and this reminds me of a, of a time we went, I think we were out going to Dairy Queen one night, dark outside. <laughs> and we, we were driving home, and it was a country road, because we live out in the country. And we saw this animal on the side of the road, something... It, it looked like it come up out of the creek. There yeah, was a, a car right. there. They had this little creek that ran through it. It looked like something had come up out of it the did. creek and was laying on the side of the road. Yeah. And so we drove by and everybody kind of like, whoa, what was that? So I said, <laughs> it looked like a walrus, <laughs> walrus or something. <laughs> it was a big prehistoric like, dinosaur that yeah. had come up out of the creek. It didn't really have... You know, it had like skin, like a pig or something, that kind of skin, like a sea creature. <laughs> and you could see its head and its face and everything. And I was like, whoa. So we turned around and uh, we drove past it again and we really couldn't see what it was. And it's one of those things where we were kind of reluctant to get out because it was so big and it was just laying there. <laughs> it was dark. You can only see it in the headlights. But finally, we drove and kind of stopped with the headlights shining on it. And yeah, you got out, didn't you? Did yeah. You, did you and David Terrell get out and, and go over there and is look what, at it? Is that who it was? But, we, you know, we, we very apprehensively walked up to it. <laughs> and we were like, ooh, what is it? It's alive. Is it dead? It was probably, oh, it was four, five, six oh, feet long. Oh, it was huge. Yeah. It was huge. And, you know, so I walked back to the car. I guess everybody was dying to hear what it was. And they were like, what was it? What was it? And I said... It was a folded up mattress. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it was just a mattress. It wasn't even a, a, a monster at all. But it just the way it was, I don't know, just the color of it, the headlights, the way it was folded over. Yeah, it looked like, wow, that was You know, and something else that isn't what it seems to be is David's been sick for. Oh, gosh. A week? Two, well, I think it's more like two I weeks. Have, I've had a cold. And he's just convinced. <coughs> he's just convinced he has H1N1. And we've been trying to tell him he's just got a cold. But, you know, that's another one of those things that, that probably isn't what it seems to be. <laughs> I think these are the symptoms of H1N1. I, I just think it would be good to have it and get over it. And then you wouldn't have to get the vaccine and worry about getting it again, right? There you go. Yeah. Well, definitely had a bad cold the last week. Oh, wow. It's going around, though. You can't avoid that cold, can you? How come they can get a vaccine for H1N1, which is a virus? And isn't the common cold a virus? Why can't they get a vaccine for the common cold? Well, I, I don't but know. Does it mutate and change, and that's why they can't nail it down? Maybe. Huh. But remember, vaccine is not its not a cure. It it keeps you from getting it. Hopefully from getting it, but even then it's not a, it's not a for sure not totally. Yes. No, my folks always get the flu shots, and they end up with something every well, year. Well, it's because they're different strands of flu, you know. Perhaps, perhaps. Oh, yeah. Well, things aren't always as they appear. Well, you know, Sherry, we're getting close to the Christmas holidays. And I love Christmas. What better time of the year is it than Christmas? Boy, when I was growing up, you know, I love Christmas because it meant several things. Of course, it meant new toys. It meant getting out of school for like a whole month or several weeks, it seemed like. Um, and I, you know, I didn't like going to school. 
But I would always sit around the house, and my dad loved to do uh, special things. He'd hang up Christmas lights, and he always had this tradition where he would roast peanuts in the oven. Peanuts? Yeah, just raw peanuts in the shell. I thought you were supposed to roast chestnuts. Yeah, maybe he couldn't find any chestnuts. <laughs> Where are tree. chestnuts? Where do you get chestnuts? From a chestnut tree. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what area of the country do you, you get know, chestnuts? Is I don't it know. any area or is it mainly? I don't know. I don't know anybody that grows peanuts or has nut trees or. Well, we know. Remember that one, the one beekeeper that got hives off of us. And he sent me boxes and cans oh, of peanuts. Oh, yeah. Because he's a he's peanut farmer. listening to this and he he'll might do be. that again this year. I think he uses maybe bees pollinate peanuts because he, he oh, has yeah. some hives going, you know. But, no, chestnuts, I think they grow north, don't they? Um, I don't know. Somebody listening might need to call us and tell us, you know, I've got a chestnut tree and what do you do with it? Yeah. Can you really eat them? Well, you can't eat a tree. Oh, but you can eat a chestnut. <laughs> <laughs> you can eat a tree. It just wouldn't be tasty. You'd have to cook it and all that stuff. But I don't know. I, I love I love I love Christmas. And people buy hives at Christmas time for gifts. We have a lot of business picks up in the month of December because people are trying to get gifts bought and fun things for people to do. Yeah, and I think they get people get Christmas money too. Oh and yeah, they that's true. Use Christmas money on beekeeping yeah. things. Yeah. I remember one year back a long time ago when I just had a few hives. That was one of the things I wanted everybody to do. I wanted I wanted to say, look, don't buy me anything. Don't give me money. Just, you know, help me. Well, I think I did say, give me money to buy more hives, more packages, you know. Packages. You wanted yeah. bees that year. I wanted I more bees. And That's been a few years, obviously. But I, I've gotten a lot of... I don't of think anybody did. Not a single <laughs> person. Man, I was on my own. I guess they didn't. They didn't think you needed any more. Yeah, it's true, isn't it? Well, but it's fun, and a lot of people will be... Uh, like you said, buying bees and ordering hives for Christmas. What did, what was it you said the other day, hives for the holidays? Hives for the holidays. Yeah, that would be uh-huh. cool to see a big box under the tree, wouldn't it? Wow, it'd be a big box. You know, what? We, we mail an entire hive <coughs> uh, one yeah. box, and that's it wouldn't fit a under a tree. Box. No, it wouldn't fit underneath a tree. Maybe they could hide it in the garage or out in the shed, and then they could put a little card under the tree. Maybe. Yeah, something small, but... That is something neat to think about. If you have somebody in your family that's a beekeeper, they would love to get some new beekeeping things. And there are a lot of gizmos and gadgets out there, Sherry, that are fun. Yeah. That beekeepers don't always have. Yeah. You know, beekeepers have the hat and the veil, smoker and a hive tool. Everybody's got that. But some of the things that people might think about, um, there are those, what do you call them, frame hangers? I don't know what the the proper term is, but it's a piece of metal, real handy, that when you're working your hive, you hang it on the side of your hive that you've opened up, and now you can take your frames out and hang them out on these little rails. You know how sometimes you're trying to inspect a hive? I usually just take them out and lay them against the hive, and the wind blows them over. But uh, frame hangers are nice, and um, uh, there's just... uh, other things like, oh, I think a stainless steel hive tool would really be neat. If I was a beekeeper and I didn't have one, that would be a neat present. I left a hive tool outside on the ground over winter one year. <coughs> and that spring, it looked like something off the Titanic. It was just eroded and rusted away. <laughs> and uh, you couldn't hardly even recognize it. But there's a, there's a lot of little so gizmos and gadgets. So 
stainless steel does not rust. Typically not, no. I mean, it will over a long period of time, and it, and it depends on uh, if the monocular, is that the right word? The structure of it changes a little bit. For example, molecular. Yeah. If, for example, a smoker is made out of stainless steel, but when you heat it with your fire, oh, yeah. it changes yeah. the metal componentry, and now it yeah. can rust. Yeah, they start, it, yeah, that would be something nice, too. Oh, I mean, a new I, smoker? Yeah, I mean, Ooh, a yeah. lot of guys like to hold on to their old smokers just for yeah, you no. know, nostalgic reason. We'll let them put it up on the shelf in the living room or something and get them a new smoker. Cause that, that would be a pretty thing under a Christmas tree. You know, whatever happened to my new smoker? You got a new smoker? Well, remember when I took my master beekeeping test? I My old smoker, the billows are all wore out, and I had to duct tape it. And I was afraid that, you know, if it goes out, you flunk the test, and I was afraid it'd go out. So you took a new one with you? <coughs> did I you did. ever use it? Oh, maybe I never used it. I, I don't think you used it, because I think we probably took that out of the car and sold, sold it to somebody. It. Yeah, you're right. I think I was... So somebody out there has got a, a smoker that's gone all the way to New York... <laughs> yeah, and participated in a master yeah. beekeeping. Yeah, at the at the course. conference wow. and came back to Illinois. And well, it, we should have put a little gold ticket under there, like uh, Willy Wonka in the chocolate factory. You get the gold ticket under your smoker. You get a free trip to Long Lane Honey Bee Farms. You can tour our facility. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> so uh, those of you that are interested in buying something for your sweetheart, your spouse, your children or something that, that you know, think about uh, what you can get them for Christmas for a beekeeping gift. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, books. I think oh, books yeah, would be good. Books. Yeah, I think wintertime is always a good time to read yeah. beekeeping books. You can't really do that in the summertime because you're out there working them, but yeah, in right. wintertime you can sit and dream of mm-hmm. spring and yeah. dream of That's what we do, the isn't it? new bee packages and get out your books and read and fantasize about your bees surviving the winter. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes that send, is a Send fantasy. nice thoughts to them to help yeah. them get through the winter. I recommended two books last last podcast. Did you? Yeah. Really good books. So, uh, Sherry, you've been looking through the books, getting ready for the, the class on Saturday, day after tomorrow. Wow. we got a lot to do, don't we? Yeah, we really do. Mm. We really do. Have you, uh, did you learn anything, or were you just kind of going over things you already knew? Yeah, just... Yeah, just going over stuff I already knew. Yeah. I'm doing more of the practical, the practical basics of beekeeping, and David's going to get more into the entomological and anatomical <laughs> biology yeah. part of the. <laughs> I'll probably lose my about voice. The beekeeping yeah. <laughs> aspects. So I thought maybe I'd get laryngitis from my cold probably Friday night. I get the fun part, though. I get to talk yeah. about. You know, the equipment too. Don't equipment you? and products from the hive. What sorts of things you can make from yeah. the hives? And we're gonna bake up some bread. We make we make bread with honey, and we're gonna we're gonna bake that up and let folks taste it. And yeah. that'll be our snack, I guess, probably. You know, I can't. Homemade I, bread and honey. Doesn't that sound good? Oh, it does. Yeah. We have the. See what you miss if you don't come to a class. Sure, out there? we have the best class <laughs> around. You know, the people are fun that come out here. I don't know how we find them, but the people that come out here for these classes—they are, are fun, aren't they? They're fun. They're hilarious. They do. You yeah. know, they're just the nicest people. I've been to other classes and other conferences on. Wow, we're just a hoot. <laughs> I'm telling you what, it's just a ball. And everybody that takes our class really does uh, always enjoy it so much. So uh, we do, but I think it's—I think they're just nice, good, nice people. Yeah, 
Well, we're booked up. We would encourage somebody to drop in Saturday, but we can't, can we? No, not now. Oh. <laughs> no, there's only 48 hours to the class, so I think that's... Oh, you got a lot to do in 48 hours. Good not. I won't be able to do it. We've got the place torn up doing doing some... Uh, remodeling. Some, some more remodeling and some more construction. Yeah. It always seems like we're... We are always... always constructing something. So we've got the place torn up again, so we've got to get it all cleaned up. And, yeah. and we haven't been able to burn because... The yep. farmers have not got the corn out of the field yet. Yes. What and is today's date? November, what, 11th or something like 12th. that? The 12th. Today's the 12th, yeah. And it's still sitting out there, so we can't get, I the, know, we can't I, get our things taken I'm care of. I'm afraid to burn it because if a spark goes over into the dry cornfield, it'd be like, I'll burn down the whole thousands of acres around us. And the grass needs mowed? Yeah. Yeah, David sold our, our mower. <laughs> yeah, I did, didn't I? He needs to get, he's going to get some... Attachments for yeah. Thomas the tractor, but yeah. it's just I, well, one of the things that need done it right now. It's funny, Sherry, because I thought, okay, you know, I bought the tractor, which is a great. Oh, I, we did the pallet run off the semi. That was wonderful. You know, that's why one of the main reasons we bought it is so we can unload semis with supplies. But um, I sold our lawnmower. It was like a big John Deere lawnmower um, because. I wanted to be able to use that money to buy components for back our four-wheeler and our we can mow, you know, with the finishing mowers. <coughs> but I planned it strategically that I mowed the grass before I sold the mower, and I knew that I wouldn't have to mow anymore. Well, we got this wet and warms fall, oh, yeah. and the grass just kept growing. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it was like it's spring like, out there again. So. <coughs> Who would have ever thought we would have had so much yeah. uh, moisture? Oh. And everything, but and we've been <coughs> feeding the bees. I don't know if everybody else is feeding the bees, but we've been feeding the bees, and so we've got, you know, messes of bees and bee mm-hmm. feeders and things all over the place. And see, I, I I don't know why I don't mind the yard looking all, you call it uh, trashed, but <laughs> you know I don't mind all these little different things around here. It just looks like a farm. No, I don't mind it either. It looks like somebody lives here, but when you've got people coming out. Yeah. They, they always think we need to... Pretty <laughs> up the place, huh? They, I, you know, they, I, I think people think that, you know, this is a working farm. And I yeah. think times they think that it's this pristine... Laboratory. Bee laboratory museum type place. And, yeah, and they're right. like, oh, we want to come out and look. And we're always glad for people to come out. It's fun to meet folks. But it's like, you know... Yeah. This is a working it farm. Is. you got to kick the chicken out of the way to, to get to the yeah. door. you got to step over the chicken poo that's on the yeah. that's on the sidewalk. And, and you got to dogs jump all over you yeah. and you get out of your car. And, and you gotta you got to, you know, push the baby's tricycle out of the way, <laughs> and, you know, to get yeah. up here. So, you know. Got to go through the mud room <laughs> to use the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and sometimes even when people call. Yeah. They'll they'll say, Well gosh, I called you three times and you know, it's it's hard to explain that well, yeah, but today's you know, like app, yesterday was apple picking day. So it was, that was fun. You know, so we had to we had to do the apple harvest and yeah. <laughs> you can't always do everything at once, so Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That was fun. We made applesauce last night and got a bunch of apples to still turn into something, don't yeah. we? Wow. Yeah. Well, and and I think it's fun when we have our classes, uh, especially we have them here. Um, it's it is it's it's not as bad as like being in an old barn because we have a nice little facility we can have a class in. But you know we go into the hives. I don't know. If, I don't know what the forecast is Saturday if we can do that or not. I don't know. We'll we'll try to if we can. But 
I think people really get a good balanced approach to beekeeping. So it'll be fun, and I think people have a good time at our class on Saturday. So uh, this will be your first time to teach with me, and I'm looking forward to you sharing the load. It'll give my voice a break. Mm. Yeah, that'll be good. Um, let's see. So I was thinking about the, the what you were saying about the construction going on. You know, we built a new build room. That's really working out great for us. And uh, we, we keep trying to find ways to make the operation easier and faster. And we keep improving our hives. And that's one of the things I'm going to be talking about on my next video blog. I'm going to be specifically looking at the enhancements that we have that we purposely make into the hives. And that's going to be fun because we really have gone out of our way to make our hives better. And some of the, you know, I think everybody that gets our hives are pleased with them, but occasionally UPS, boy, they're brutal sometimes with mm. things in shipping, you know, and they, sometimes things will break in shipping. And we hate when that happens. It's not real often, though, is it? No, it, it's not. It, it's not. As often as you think with the number of hives that go out the door. That's true. You know. It, 30 a week in the, in the season. Yeah, right? and, and you get one every, you know, two or three weeks somebody call and say, right. you know, yeah, something, something was broke. So it's really not, in the scheme of things, it's really not, <coughs> it's really not a huge deal. But um, it, it used to be worse, I think, but it's not, it's gotten significantly better. Yeah. Now, as far as the shipping, what did you bring that up for? Oh, because uh, we make we make a good hive, but sometimes they tear it up and. Shoot. Oh, you're talking about making modifications. You know that yeah. that is something, and, and sometimes people will call even and say, "Well, you know, if you do this or that, and, and you guys do take that into consideration, you know, what sorts of ideals that they have." So, it, it, mm -hmm. so in some practical ways, the, the beekeepers themselves are actually. Yeah, um, helping to make a better hive. And this was one exactly uh, a scenario that came up because um, uh, one of the people that I buy lumber from is, is a beekeeper, and he was looking at how we make our top covers. And if you look at this, Sherry, on the these are kind of let me see here. I wish I could put them right there, but I got my stuff in the way. Oh, if you see these top covers here. Uh, well, and I'll have pictures in our next bee lesson. But we've gone to using aluminum metal. Why? Well, we used to use 28-gauge galvanized metal for the top cover. When we first started, we didn't put anything on there. Just painted it. Painted wood. But, you know, traditionally people put metal on the top of a beehive to keep the weather off of uh, the, the wood. top. Because, of the, the yeah, it sits flat <coughs> and water could yeah. just sit there and eat away at the wood. Yeah. Well, but I mean, you could. I mean, if, if you oh yeah, 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 yeah I mean, sure, you could paint it. Yeah, there, you know, yeah. in the old days. So. so you started putting on what did you say, galvanized? Well, you started metal? with galvanized, and it was a yeah. very high quality galvanized metal. And um, but you know, galvanized metal it will rust over a period of time. Like I don't know how long it takes, maybe fifty years. Oh. You know, we've got a metal galvanized roof out there, the shed, and it's rusting. Yeah. You know, yeah, it will rust. Galvanized, it, it's a probably. Um, Oh, I, I don't know why people use it in the old days. Aluminum wasn't as re readily available, probably. But now I like aluminum because if you look, it's painted. So now, so now you've gone to aluminum. I have. It, it's painted, and it's not just painted like a spray paint, but it's like a baked-on paint. Mm -hmm. And this, essentially, will last forever. 
This will, I mean, the weather, you know, this is what they, they use this for houses to wrap windows in for that very reason, maintenance-free, and I like them. But now, It looks like your corners are different. Well, it's just the way we, we uh, it's kind of a safety feature because when you cut metal, you can leave sharp edges, so we round things off so mm -hmm. people don't get cut. But as you can see, Seth and I are in debate now about, oh, oh let me say this first. Um, as you can see, we put a screw one screw on these bottoms because beekeepers use their hive tool to pry these tops off. What do they do? And prying the nails up too? Yeah, yeah, they can. So, <laughs> so what we do is we screw these ah, pieces so together with a long uh, wood screw. So ah, now they can pry and not, nice. not make that come apart. But now Seth and I are debating because we staple the aluminum right. uh, to the lid. Yeah. Well, staples are fine. You know, let's stop and think about it. It's not like it's holding. You're just holding the metal down. It, you know, it, it's not anybody going to come and try to peel that off. Mm -hmm. It's just to hold it down. Mm -hmm. So staples work fine. Now, I like, honestly, I like this idea because to me it's prettier. Hmm. It's stainless steel screws to hold the aluminum down. Hmm. But Seth said, Dad, that's, that's a longer amount of time it takes to put those screws in there. As opposed to stapling the metal down. So the jury is still out on okay, well, what we'll do. Then when you order your new hide, you need to look and see if it was stapled or if it was screwed down to see <coughs> who won the battle. That's true, isn't it? The battle of the builders. <laughs> there you go, battle of the builders. <laughs> hey, and there's one top cover we did as an experiment that's got screws on it. Somebody will get that. Wow. And if they're listening, they'll know they got the special lid with they the screws on They got the, special, the well, special lid. Yeah, obvious wow. screws. And another thing we've done is that our frames are really neat because the sidebars on the frames are a full three-eighths of an inch thick. Actually, a little bit thicker than three-eighths of an inch. And then uh, they're, they're, the way they're stapled and glued together, uh, and no knots at all. No knots are allowed. Well, I mean, I'm not going to say no, 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 never, never, never. But no knots are allowed on any pieces of the frames. And so that makes for a much better frame as well. Let's see, there was, there was one other, a couple other things. But didn't, you, didn't you all redo the uh, inside, the inside uh, of the boxes, that your cutting of them? Mm, well, yeah, we've done that for quite a while, though. Oh. Yeah, we, we make the... Uh, where the frame rest is, where it holds the frame, we actually make that piece that that remains there a little bit larger, a little bit sturdier, and, and how we nail it. So, it, and that was out of shipping problems that pieces were breaking and shipping. So we solved that problem. Well, you know something really neat that you made this week, and maybe you don't want to talk about it too much to give away your trade secrets, but you, you were asked to make some uh, queen. What do you, what are they called? Well, yeah, there's. Queen? Nooks? What are they? Well, yeah, there's a lot of different names for them. Um, but they're actually where you use one deep hive body to actually hold three, raise three queens in one deep hive body. <coughs> and, um, yeah, we have an order to make quite a few of those, in fact. <coughs> Ooh, excuse me. So um, we, we actually perfected the, I actually designed the lid so that they're flip lids. And each chamber, you can flip each lid and access where the queens are so that you don't have to um, be cumbersome about how to access the these 
these queens in there. So in other words, you have uh, in one D5 body, you have uh, three chambers where you can raise three queens in one D5 body. But when you're done raising queens, you can pull out the inserts and use it as a high body. Um, just regular equipment on a regular bottom board. Yeah, so that, that was fun too. Yeah, well, you know, something funny happened last night. I had, we had, we lived down a long lane and not many, it's dead end, not many people drive down here except on purpose. But occasionally we'll get an accidental drive up. Well, at night, you know, you can see them coming for a quarter of a mile. And uh, we saw a car coming and we thought, well, I wonder who this is going to be. It's dark outside. And so two guys jump out and they introduce themselves. And they don't really tell me what they're here for. And they start talking about bees and honey and I bought it. They said, well, you got some honey we can buy. And I was like, yeah. And so they came in and they talked forever about bees. And I answered all the questions about are bees really dying and how many queens in a hive and all these things, you know. And uh, it turns out they were insurance salesmen. Mm. And, you know, that's always, you know, I don't know, you know, we probably have insurance salesmen listening. A guy's got to make a living. but. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes we think of insurance salesmen as, oh no, an insurance salesman, you know. And but I, well, I think that's just because we had one bad experience with an insurance salesman. When we, we did, first didn't got married, yeah. He so, would not stop. So, you know? <laughs> after that, it was just kind of like, yeah. but that's not fair to all the other that's great true. insurance we salesmen insurance. in the world. <laughs> that's true. But he, uh, the, the two guys, eventually, you know, um, I, I told Sherry when they when they left, I said, I think I won. <laughs> I said, because I didn't buy their policy, and I sold $10 worth of honey. Woo-hoo. So I was a better salesman. <laughs> you were the better salesman. Yeah. Maybe you should sell insurance then. I think selling honey is what it was. Oh, yeah. So, you know, it's uh, honey just sells itself. So I didn't. I don't think I was. I, in fact, I wasn't even trying to sell it, but it was just on the shelf, so they wanted it, and, and it was good. Um, you know, we attended our state association, Sherry, our state association meeting Saturday. That's the first time you went with me to that. And and uh, the speaker was Dr. Lawrence Dubose. Dubois, is that how you say it? Dubose. Dubose, yeah, from the Chicago area. <coughs> and uh, he's a brilliant fellow about CCD and how he his uh, his talk really was saying that he was pointing the finger at the bees dying off at pest, pesticides and insecticides, wasn't he? Yeah, I think so. He went through all the different types of things that have been said and suggested and why they didn't hold water and went back and was talking about how back in the, was it the 40s, did he say? The 40s or the 50s that he was mm-hmm. asked to come down and, and, uh, and back in those days they, they didn't have any problems with anything. You know, I don't even think the weather bothered them back in those days, but, you know, they didn't have the mite problem and, and all right. the different things. And he said he picked up his hives and went down and pollinated at his uncle's house, I think, and his uncle came through and sprayed his pesticide and every one of his beehives died. Yeah. And that was the point in which, um, you know, he started paying attention to the pesticides and insecticides all the way back in those years. But no, nobody, even though a lot of people are are now starting to say, well, we think it's the pesticides and insecticides. There's still, even after all these years, not a lot of attention being given um, to that. And, uh, you know, I don't know why it is. It, it might just be those those big pesticide companies. 
yeah. you know, that, that makes this product just have so much money that... Well, that's what he said, wasn't it? You know. He, he seemed to think... We can't compete against him. We can't fight him, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, he, he made... I guess it was an accusation. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Uh, but he said when they do studies to see if pesticides are, insecticides are affecting bees, he seemed to think that those reports are kind of bought off, aren't they? Yeah, or the, or the um, results are very ambiguous. You know, yeah, they'll say right. things like, well, um, it, it doesn't harm, you know. Oh, what was it? One, it doesn't harm an adult bee, but it could kill larva. Uh, right. You know, things like that. Right. So, yeah. okay, well, that makes a lot of sense. Right, so adult so bee <laughs> drives, comes back to the hive with that on there, and now he kills the larva. She kills right. the larva so inside the hive, yeah. you know. So the, yeah, so it's really kind of twisted in, in a way, but... You know, it's it's hard to fight against that. So I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what it's gonna what it's gonna come to. But that his his evidence was pretty conclusive. It was, was wasn't it? Yeah, no. insecticides and and suggested that you know those of us who keep our hives keep them as far away from corn and soybeans, yeah. you know, as you possibly can. Now ours are right up against you know the the corn and the soybeans, but. We haven't really noticed any no. diet, but but I think our farmer farms a little bit differently than yeah, than a lot like of the big conglomerate yeah. mega farms. Too. Yeah, yeah, right. He even mentioned, uh, <coughs> excuse me again. He mentioned that golf courses are really bad about you know how they spray all that yeah, poison on the grass yeah, and all. I guess their insecticides or whatever they use on the lawn are four times. Stronger, stronger yeah. than, than what the farmers use. So if you've got beehives anywhere near golf courses, it probably would would, would be a very good suggestion for you to move those away from yeah. um, the golf courses. Now we're close to a golf course here too, but not. <coughs> I, I, don't, well, I don't think we're anywhere near close enough for it to no. to mean anything to us. But we've heard a lot of people who said, "Oh yeah, you know, I keep my beehive right on the golf course, and mm-hmm. people put around it, and <laughs> yeah, you know, and but." Uh, you know those things need to be looked into as far as where you're keeping your right. your beehives. Yeah, so if you live next to a golf course or your your bees are really well, you know I'm thinking of uh, Gene Killian. Uh, <coughs> Gene holds the record of the most uh, comb honey produced out of a hive, I think, in the world, and he does keep his bees on a golf course. Now that I think about it, mm. in Paris, over by Paris, Illinois. Mm-hmm. So huh, doesn't affect me. Mm. I guess it depends on if they abuse the spray and. Overspray and all that. So, but that was interesting. I think, um, you know, Sherry, we really have gotten away from from common sense farming, haven't we? You know how you can be, you can, um, you know, in the old days there were small farmers and they they tilled the ground, they they turned it over, they, you know, they didn't have to use a lot of chemicals. Because of the way they manage the ground, and today we're left to only farm with chemicals. Yeah, well, there's more organic ways that you can right. build up the soil and put back things into the soil. But not on a large level. Though. No, not. you can't. How do you? I think I think Purdue is doing some testing on how to 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 put back in you know, mm-hmm. leaf mulching and that sort of thing back into the farms. But I I just don't imagine. You know, I th- I think we're going to see a time in our society when we're going back to small. Mm-hmm. Back to the small farms in order to be able to save the soil mm-hmm. that we have and and be able to get 
organic food. Yeah. Back in the people. Well, I hope so. Well, it's got to be better. I remember even hearing, like, my grandmother, my grandparents talk about processed food. They were always talking about it's better to eat food that hasn't been processed. And I think that's one of the things and reasons people like beekeeping because, you know, you can get into honey, uh, get your own honey and enjoy it and not have to worry about where the honey came from and what's in it. And, and uh, well, here's an email that came in and I thought, I thought we'd talk about it and answer it. Um, she says, my husband and I finished our first year of beekeeping. We've been following your site and we have a local great mentor. Uh, we had two colonies this year and harvested 110 pounds of honey. That's good. Yeah, that's good. My question is this. We followed all the advice for the first year of beekeeping. So now what? Of course, we have our own ideas on this. We, we want to grow our love of beekeeping and see what happens. A lot is going through our minds for the upcoming year, like how many packages to order, making splits, to increase the number of colonies, how many hives is manageable to work in the amount of time we have, etc., all this and not even knowing if our two highs will survive the winter. We think if one makes it, we, that will be a great success. Maybe you can cover this in an upcoming lesson or talk internet session. So um, that, that's an interesting question. We made it through our first year. Now what? <laughs> <coughs> well, yeah, it, Gosh, that all depends on, uh, you know, you'd have to actually sit down with a person, I guess, and say, well, what are your goals? What is it you're looking for? Are you looking for honey? Are you looking to pollinate your garden? Are you, yeah. are you, um, you know, do you have um, money to expand? Do you want to put colonies other places? Do That's you, right, yeah. Do you have a, you know, what is your goal? What is, yep. what is the reason? In order to really, to be able to ask a lot of those, answer yeah. a lot of those kind of questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I did respond back, and it it would be a good uh, lesson. But yeah, it's too uh, subjective. It it depends on what, like you said, what the person wants to do. If they want to quit their day job and just do nothing but keep bees, you know that strategy is going to be different than somebody that just wants to add five more to have. Uh, you know, 600 pounds of honey instead of 110 pounds. Well, of yeah, honey. And, it, and what I've heard a lot lately from people that I've been talking to, they're saying they're saying things like, you know, I'm not really interested in the honey. I just have, you know, I have a huge organic garden that I want to feed my family with, and I just want the bees, mm-hmm. you know, to pollinate, um, to pollinate the garden. So that, yeah. that that person would be entirely different what we would tell them entirely different from somebody who's like well you know I, I really want to start this mm-hmm. business selling honey and I want to go to the farmer's market and start selling stuff with my kids so how do I get jars and labels and mm-hmm. you know how do I make all that happen but I, I think a, a big majority of people <coughs> do, do try to to uh, accumulate more yeah, hives. hives yeah. so I guess we yeah, just talk to that. And I, I was thinking about this too. Obviously, I would encourage them to uh, increase their hive number. I mean, what? Why? Can, well, they they enjoy it. They're having. You can tell they're having a fun time with it. They enjoyed the honey. Um, why not expand? I mean, if you if you like it uh, and you got room, get more hives. Well, you know, and and you can always easily sell those. Oh, yeah. You know, if you get to the point where you say, wow, you know, I just took on a new job and I'm working 60 hours a week and I never touch the hives anymore. Or, 
Mm-hmm. You know, I can tell from the space that I'm in because it's different if you're if you're in a neighborhood and if you live on you know 15 acres. Yeah. But I can tell in the space that I'm in that I've got too many hives, mm-hmm. or you know my my dad is sick and I've got to take care of him all the time or whatever. It is nothing. Mm-hmm. To sell a hive, yeah, or or sell your bees. So that's true. Yeah, yeah. I I never pass up a chance to buy a hive. I mean, you <laughs> we know. know you never pass yeah. up a chance to buy a hive. I don't know why yeah. when <laughs> yeah. when we when we have so many hives and bees and nooks and queens, why you have to go out and buy more bees yeah. from other people. You know, I like buying the ones where people say these are. I don't like these anymore. They're too hot. I want to sell them. Well, I don't want to take advantage of them, but you know, usually they're wanting to get rid of them at a, you know, a very good price. Now, I always have the state inspector inspect them first. I don't want to buy disease, but uh, all you got to do is buy a hot hive and requeen it. And now it's not hot anymore, and you've got equipment and bees and so forth. But um, if they expand their current hives, they'll just have more fun. They'll just have more opportunities to see how different hives do things and uh, and in case if any of them die out, they, they'll have a little bit more volume of bees. to. But, you know, I don't think, let's talk about splits. I don't really think a second-year beekeeper should make splits. Why? Well, it's an art, for one thing. Mm. And if you don't do it right, making a split can actually weaken the hive that you take the split from <clears throat> and uh, may never get the split that you made. Uh, strong enough before winter. So you're saying somebody should have have their bees for three, four years and get to know them before they, they need start to, they something need, like that. I think so. But a lot of people do that. Yeah. A lot of people say, "Oh, there's way too many bees in this hive. I've got to split that and you know send me another hive." Mm-hmm. And they and they split it. So I know a lot of people are doing it. Mm-hmm. Even the best beekeepers that make splits, if the season is foul, then the splits really won't take off and do anything. I went to your dad's house once. He had about, I don't know, 10 colonies that, gosh, they needed a split. They came out of winter way too big. And so he and I, we were using those colonies for honey. So he and I split them. And we decided not to requeen them. We were just going to let them raise their own queens from the splits. It was disastrous. The hives that we took the splits from, we split them by taking the top deep off and just putting it making a hive out of it. We split the deeps. You know, two deeps come out of winter. Both deeps are full of bees and eggs. So we took the top, you know, box off and put a bottom board under it and a lid on it and there you go. And uh, they they came out. They, you know, some of them, most of them made their own queens. Some of them didn't and they failed. But all the hives that we made splits from were very poor honey production because they never built up the numbers. So if you want honey then you shouldn't really split your hive. But if you do need more hives and you're willing to forego a good honey crop one year in order to make more stronger hives the year after that one, it makes sense to make splits. But no, if you go out there to that whopper hive that has this huge foraging team to gather up that year's crop and you split them, you're going to hurt your honey. It's almost like a hive swarming, Sherry. You know, once a hive swarms, it's not going to make honey as good because they lost a big part of their uh, foraging team. So I would say a beekeeper really has to think about that. And, um, if they want to have more hives, it makes more sense to buy packages and uh, start them off early in the year, and that way they can have more packages going without having to affect the established hives that are already doing well. 
you don't have to try to steal resources from them. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, we've got a busy day today, and boy, you know, people keep telling us they want more of these podcasts, and and uh, we appreciate that. In fact, we had a listener stop by just out of the blue, um, and uh, first thing he said was, "I'm one of your five listeners," <laughs> because I think on one broadcast I said, "You know, there's five people who listen to the <laughs> podcast," and he was one of the five, and uh, we gave him a Bill. What is his name, Bill? Uh, yeah, Bill, Bill. Bob. It was Bill. Yeah, it was Bill. <laughs> and uh, won't say his last name, but same as my grandmother's maiden name. So I, I in fact, now <laughs> well, that maybe I, you're related, he looked a little bit like my grandmother. Did. <laughs> yeah, I think I think we're related. He said Tennessee or something. So oh, did he really? Yeah, far enough, Kentucky. So it's close enough. Oh, yeah. Sure. yeah. But uh, anyway, so the five listeners, maybe we're up to six now, I don't know. <laughs> <coughs> but uh, we, we do want to do more podcasts. We just stay so busy, Sherry. Yeah, we have to force ourselves to sit down and do these, and we have fun yeah. doing them. Yeah, we probably can do a few more before the season starts, and then after that it's hard. It is hard, you yeah. know, because you have such deadlines. Well, today we're pretty busy. We just, had to, we just sat down because we wanted to. But we, bought, we, we got this great big sign now. That's sitting in here. We paid a lot of money for this new, uh, you know, big, what is it, a six foot by five foot sign I've got to put up. And so I've got some uh, big posts coming in today. We're going to, that's one of the things i got to work on. But still, we got to paint some hives and get some hives shipped out today. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, that's right. And uh, still, when. And clean up. For clean the, up. Yeah. yeah. And I've got <laughs> to do some PowerPoint. Uh, All right. So that means yeah. we need to stop. This recording, mm-hmm. because we, we need to end this recording because we have so much that we need yeah. to do. So do you have any last words? Well, that's what I was doing. I was working on a nice, <laughs> nice conclusion. I was just... I know. I was I gonna I'm be, trying to make you yeah, stop your no, conclusion. It wasn't going to be obvious that we were winding down. I was just going to transition slowly into the Trans- ending here. Oh, to, to, to let him down gently. Yeah, right. Oh, I see. Know. Oh, yeah. I see. So, all right. So, um... Yeah, we've got a lot to do. We'll do more podcasts. We we do enjoy doing them. And I've, I've got a new way to do them, so it's a little easier for us. So what do you have planned today, Sherry? Do you have any uh, things that are pressing? My job is to walk behind you and... <laughs> Worship the ground that I walked on? <laughs> walk behind you and pick up all the little things that you drop <laughs> on your way. And find all the things that I find lose. Find things that you need. Find yeah. your hammers. Find your flashlights. Yeah, that's true. Pick up, pick up whatever phone messages and phone calls that mm-hmm. that needs to be done. You're and, a good helpmate, and all those yeah. kinds of things. Excellent. Yeah, you do. Make apple cider, applesauce, apple pies with yeah. all of our apples that we got. That's right. Oh, that's good. All right, folks. Well, we are at the end of the day's broadcast. We want to thank you for tuning in to Studio B Live. Tell your friends about us. We'll be excited to get our listenership up to 10 people. So uh, if you know anybody that might need to kill some time, maybe on a long flight overseas, they can download these podcasts. I do make them where you can download them or listen to them. You can put them right on your smartphone, PDA, laptop, whatever, MP3 player, and enjoy them. And, uh, wow, I have, no, I have no idea what any of those words were you just said. I don't either. I, yeah. I have no idea what a smartphone is. It's a phone that's smart. <laughs> <laughs> smart enough to play an MP3 file. Well, what does PDA stand for? Do you know? Yeah. 
What? Uh, <laughs> uh, personal. Personal. Um, PDA. Personal. <laughs> personal device. Yeah, but what's the A stand for? Uh, <laughs> Alright, give it up. You have no idea. I used to know. Then I got old. <laughs> no, I can't remember you anymore. You got too old. But suffice it to say, no matter how you want to listen to this, you want yeah. to be able to. <laughs> yeah, that's right. One way or the other, huh? Unless you're completely electronically illiterate. You know, there is one part of it that I totally don't know really the ins and outs about. It's these, uh, what are they called, uh, RSS feeds? RSS feed. Yeah, I don't uh, know what that is either. This, this is fed through an RSS feed. Is it? And I don't even know really how or why or... <laughs> scary enough. <laughs> it is scary. <coughs> so some people can sign up and when we when we make a new one it's fed automatically to their computer. Oh my goodness. Or into their smartphone or PDA whatever. Wow. <coughs> Personal What is PDA? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Nothing makes sense of it. What would an A be? An A? Maybe it's PAD. PAD. Maybe I'm thinking of something else. Personal do people even use PDAs? Oh yeah, they're a big seller. Yeah, they're. But they, I gave you one once. Remember years ago, and yeah. you haven't used it since. Well, that's because my phone now is basically a. Well, that's PDA. what I'm saying. Yeah. Most people just do everything on their well, phones now, or most PDAs are phones now. Yeah, they have it the is. phone built it, into it. It is. It, it looks like you're talking on a calculator. Yeah, it is weird. <laughs> yeah, talk, talking to this big old flat. Screen, aren't you? Yeah. Well, anyway, whatever. Like Sherry said, whatever you do have, hopefully you can listen to it. Hey, and by the way, don't forget if you need some Christmas toys in the beekeeping section of the catalog, go ahead and order some of those toys from us. We'd love to send some out to your special one for Christmas gifts. And remember, we don't have a catalog. No, we don't do it. But that's where our personal touch comes in. All you have to do is call up and ask for a Santa assistant. Mm-hmm. And then tell them you're looking for special stocking stuffers, and we will make all sorts of personal suggestions. Yeah, now, you can't get any better than than a personal <coughs> touch at Christmas. Oh yeah, that's right. You know, mm-hmm. you could go to the mall and stand in those long screaming lines of people, or you could go online and and mm-hmm. uh, not have any idea what you're doing or. Or what's going on, or, or you could call mm-hmm. and talk to a Santa assistant right here mm-hmm, at Long Green Honeybee Farms. And we'll have our little elf hat on. <laughs> you elf, can't see yeah. it, you won't be able to see yeah. it. Yeah, and we'll be ready to take your call. <laughs> ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. We're, we're like Santa's little elf all year long. Wow. It was kind of fun, you know, because we do have people. This was supposed to have stopped a long time ago. Yeah. But we do have people come up and say, oh, I'm sending this to my daughter for her birthday. That's true. Yeah. And then we'll put like a little, we'll put a little birthday candy sack together. Yeah. And we'll put happy birthday on there and we'll stick it in there. And yeah. So you can't get that from J.C. Penney's. That's true. They don't sell hives, do they? No, but Sears used to. They did. Isn't yeah. that funny? You could buy packaged bees from Sears, too, back in the day. You could buy everything from Sears in the old days. Really? Our septic oh, tank. Oh, houses. Yeah, <gasps> houses. Isn't that funny? Montgomery Ward, I think, I is a house I don't know where seller. Sears is anymore. Uh. Oh, I guess there's that little one at the mall. Yeah, they don't even have much, though. Uh-uh. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Not anyway. like the old days. You know. Anyway. The old days, they had the escalator... Yeah, two floors, maybe someone well, has a... You can still go to the mall and get on an escalator. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I need to. I need to ride him up You really sound like an old man today. 
I'm old, Sherry. <laughs> you are not. Are You're you still in your forties? For like six more seconds. <laughs> you know, I used to ride the escalator up and down, and then I we would always get the popcorn at Sears. Did you do that? Sears? <laughs> popcorn. Oh. No, you can do that at the Rural King, though. No, Sears made cashews. Cashews? You said yes. popcorn. and popcorn. They what do you mean they made cashews? They had, I thought those came off a tree, too. <laughs> well, they picked them and made them. <laughs> and How you do could, you make them? You what roast you them. You roast them. Oh, they roasted yeah. cashews and gave them out for free? In a little little sack. For little, free? Oh, no, you had to buy them. <laughs> but in the middle of these Sears downstairs <laughs> in Memphis, when I lived in Memphis, we would have... Yeah, we go there Friday night, and my dad would buy popcorn and cashews. We'd just walk through the store. Wow, they actually had a little food thing in the middle. It was great. In Sears. Yeah. Huh. Well, we can't really offer that here. <laughs> but we, oh, we do have... We are having homemade bread Saturday at our class. That's true. We are. We right? are. Yeah. And any time you can come in and get fresh eggs. <laughs> Free or they have to pay for them? No, you have to pay for them. Yeah. It's like it's Sears. <laughs> <laughs> Where do eggs come from? Should they come from a tree? Wow. Our chickens really good. I think kids, kids don't have any idea where eggs come from, to tell you the truth. Seth, when he was real little, took that kindergarten test to see if he's ready for kindergarten, you know. And the lady asked him, where does ketchup come from? And he very honestly, how old was he, he when was he took five, that test? He was five. Five years old. And he said, the store. And I thought that was a good answer, but she <laughs> said it was wrong. She said he needed to know that it came from tomatoes that have been processed, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I wanted to ask her, where, how do the bees make pollen or how do they make uh, propolis? <laughs> where does propolis come from? She would say the hive. And I'd say, wrong, it comes from tree resin. All right. Why don't you tell the people goodbye? I want to get back to me being old again. <laughs> See if I can set the record straight. I don't, I don't. You're not old. Yeah. Well, the insurance guy said, you, you better get this insurance before you turn 50. <laughs> so it must go <laughs> drastically up when you get 50 or something. Well, I don't know, but he obviously knew you weren't 50 yet, so you must not look 50. He asked me how old I was. Oh. Okay. I was 49, so. I may be 50 by the time this ends, it, yeah. if we keep going on. Yeah. We're at 53 minutes right now. Yeah. All right, Sherry. Well, you say bye to everybody. You're the life of the party. Goodbye, everybody. All right. If you need to get a hold of us, uh, listeners, here's some contact information. Call us on the phone, 217-427-2678. We're always happy to take your call. You can place orders or you can ask us questions, 217-427-2678. Or visit us online at honeybeesonline.com honeybeesonline.com or you can look at our basic beekeeping lessons there is a link from our main website but you can go directly to that blog by typing in basicbeekeeping.blogspot.com and we'd love to have you check that out and as always you can email us the email address is david at honeybeesonline.com david at honeybeesonline.com Thank you for putting up with my uh, cold today. I'm going to go out and get some sunshine. It's a warm day today. And if you can check out that Sesame Street uh, broadcast on Thursday, you might get a hoot in watching them talk about bees a little bit. And uh, we'll look forward to being with you next time. Thanks for joining us. And remember to behave yourself.